Welcome to the Manufacturing IT Podcast, where we talk with leaders across Industry 4.0 and discover the latest technology and automation. This podcast is for anyone with Industry 4.0, whether you're an MES engineer or head of automation. Make sure you tune in and enjoy the episode. Before we get into it, hit like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and add your views. The Manufacturing IT Podcast is brought to you by Manufacturing IT Recruitment. Enjoy the episode. Great. Welcome to the latest episode of the Manufacturing IT Podcast. I'm joined today by Max Fisher from Actix. Max is the co-founder and chief commercial officer at Actix. So um, welcome welcome to the show, Max. And uh, please tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, Daniel. Thanks, first of all, for inviting me to this podcast. Happy to be, be on, on the show. So Max, I'm one of the co-founders of our company, which is called Actix. And we are Munich-based startup whose mission is to make factories better by digitizing processes. I think we'll talk a little bit more about what we do exactly, but in principle, we are doing, offering a platform for digitizing processes. I myself am in charge of the commercial team at Actix, and I'm a mechanical engineer by education. So already got introduced to machines and these sort of things <laughs> in my studies, was very excited about it. And But I'm more excited to even now to digitize these machines and processes around the machines. Yeah, we were found, we founded five years ago, around 30 people. Oh, nice. Thanks. Thanks. So really, for me, this is like a fascinating space, mechanical engineering and then transitioning to a digitalization in the factory. So what are you passionate about and why does your passion exist? So I'm very much, I mean, I'm very fascinated by factories, to be honest. Like I, I love factories and I love machines and I'm very fascinated always to walk in factories and see how, I mean, the products that we use daily are produced. There's so many different products. Nobody really thinks about how they are produced from the things that were in a supermarket and, and, and furnitures and these sort of things. And yeah, and, and that, that's also the basically the mission of, of, of our company is, is, is making factories better, basically unleashing the true potential of factories. Because I think that factories as they function today, they are pretty much limited in the way they are organized. And if you, especially in, in times of Corona, you kind of realize that factories are fragile, right? Like, yeah. Or an, an inflexible. Like even Germany who produces probably the most complex machines that you can ever buy and imagine has difficulties in producing a very simple product, like a mask, which yeah. seems to be a simple product, but even the fact who might be a similar or might be equipped with the machines to do it have difficulties to be changed. And this basically shows that there's something, something might not, it's not really working. I mean, all the products are produced for sure, but small things, small bottlenecks in the supply chain, and small changes, which which require changes in the processes, are very hard for factories to cope with. Yeah, well, this is it, Max. So one of the things I was interested in is, is you're, you, you, you know, Actix are a small company. You've been around for five years now. So how did you know there was a problem and how are you going about solving that problem once you identified it? I mean, you, you see the problem if you walk into a factory. <laughs> it's quite obvious. Like I saw... I mean, if you walk into a factory, you, you immediately see something. Why is nothing really digitized here? It's really, it's it's really, really interesting. Yeah, I was like visiting at the beginning of Actix. There was always the mission to build a software platform for factories, and okay. we started to learn about what is basically the problem because there's so many different technologies out there. Everybody's talking about AI and big data and cloud and whatnot. But if you walk to, into a factory, 
you don't see any of these technologies. You see paper, yeah. you see a lot of analog <laughs> communication. And uh, was kind of strange actually at the beginning for us why this was the case. Why is there no software? Why does the person who works in the factory have a, has a smartphone and a 4K television at home, but as soon as he walks into the factory uh, hall, he doesn't have anything, no digital assistance anymore, only paper and these sort of things. And, and this is basically in interactions with factories, in, in understanding how IT works and functions and what are the difficulties, the challenges, we basically yeah, approached, basically came up with the way we are building our platform today. Okay, interesting. And your, your platform, tell us where it integrates and, and how it helps these factories digitalize. So our platform is all about connecting machines, robots, and, and people on the shop floor. And I always compare this to a system like Salesforce or also okay. SAP. Yeah, so SAP or Salesforce, what do we, or Salesforce as an example, like what do they do? They connect different stakeholders in, in the commercial team, right? Sales people, yeah. marketing people, customer success people. They automate tasks, they digitize processes. And we do the same thing for the factory where you have machines and robots instead of the marketing person and the salesperson working together. You have the machine, you have the robot, you have the forklift driver, you have the person setting up the machine and you need to orchestrate that everybody is basically doing what is best to produce the right product at the right time. Has all the information, has the right program, has the right specification of the product, basically orchestrating everything on, on the shop floor. So we are basically just above the automation layer. So we don't okay. automate the robot, but we orchestrate the robot or we orchestrate the machine or we orchestrate the person so the person knows how to set up the machine. And, and oh, sort of so, so it's it's sort of a little bit if you have the analogy from the sports team uh, from the sports team. So, like the sports team, Cristiano Ronaldo is a robot, right? And there's like a lot <laughs> of innovation about making Cristiano Ronaldo even better and teaching more tricks and make him run faster. The analogy in the factory is like a cobot, for example, a new way to teach a robot a new kind capability of a robot. But what oh, we do is we make sure that the defender. Sergio Ramos is passing the ball, ball at the right time to Cristiano Ronaldo. So basically this, this coordination collaboration and this, this is basically what we do in a digital way. Okay. If this now makes I, sense. Yeah. yeah. Now you put it into the football analogy, it makes uh, a lot more sense to me. <laughs> but I'm sure to, to the audience listening, they, they already understand. But I, I think the thing that interests me, Matt, is something like this, is, is how you have the confidence or how the companies have the confidence in digitalizing this process. So when it's analog, it's done, it's been done this way for, for a long time. There's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of uh, know-how in now it's done. H how do you build the trust and confidence in the system, the machinery, knowing that everything will continue to work flawlessly? I mean, we, we are first convinced that our technology is working. Yeah. But I think it's about the value for the factory in the end. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that factories are digitizing. In fact, yeah. We already see that factories, like some of our customers who have digitized during before Corona, went through Corona a lot better than if, if companies who are we just starting to talk with. Like we have one customer, for example, in Germany who has digitized his production orders. Yeah, so there's no paper anymore. There's like only digital communication between the people in the office like and the people on, on the machine and the production line, what kind of production order to work on. You can send the production order with one click to the shop floor. And the problem this company was experiences, like many companies at this point, they don't get raw materials. Yeah. So they don't have had all the raw materials to fulfill the, 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 the order for the customer. So for example, they needed to produce 10,000 pieces, 
but they only had material for 3,000 pieces. And in the, in, the, in the previous time, without digital tools, what would have that, what, what was the situation? They would have just waited for the rest of the material to, to arrive because it's very, very difficult to orchestrate your process and change all the time your production orders. But because it's digital, sure. it's one click, you can be, you are more flexible. And, and in the end, uh, this is what counts. It counts uh, like how factories are changing and about for the factories and, and, and those who do they do uh, a lot better than those who don't. Yeah, no, and, and it's that agile, agility and flexibility in the process which makes customers and factories more <clears> sustainable, <throat> I guess. But yes. uh, my, my experience, Max, is mostly within kind of pharma, life science and biotech industries. Now, are you finding there's other industries that, that firstly, Actics have, have greater uh, an audience with, but also are far more interested and adaptive to the change and this digitalization process? So the industry we're more predominantly in are the discrete manufacturing industry. Okay. So so automotive, metal manufacturing. So many there's many many different industries behind discrete manufacturing, but we just see that because there's even a higher demand or there's even less IT. Like let's yeah. say that. Like if you if you're in the process industry, like in the chemical or pharmaceutical industry, you usually have a very automated process. Uh, you yeah. Have, uh, like you have more machine models who are basically linked and, and you have usually a Scala system, which is like an OT system, but sort of that's what we do as well, but with a different types of a technology approach. If you look at the discrete manufacturing, it's even more chaotic because you don't have this, this clean and fine production line, which is connected. You have like sure. people walking around and forklifts and <laughs> machine who are organized in a job shop production principle. And it's a lot more difficult. And usually these companies don't really have an orchestration system today. Uh, today sure. they have an ERP system and then they have maybe a CEQ or PLM system. Maybe they have an ES system, but it's really not not really the orchestration layer often. And then you just have analog processes uh, usually. And, and that's why we are focusing on that. The process industry already has a little bit more uh, legacy, yeah. um, legacy IT systems, I would say. IT but was that... Were the discrete manufacturing sectors and the, the kind of the, the verticals, were they adaptive to change or was there some resistance on the shop floor maybe? Or, or did you find it was quite straightforward with those process changes? I mean, it depends very much on, 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 the, on the factory. It's like the technology adoption curve, right? There's always yeah. people who are earlier in adopting new technologies, the innovators or early adopters. It's, it's the same. And it doesn't really depend on the, in the industry. I think the industries who have more pressure who whereas like there's more competitive pressure uh, yeah. also from globalization and these sort of things these kind of factories tend to digitize more because they benefit and they need to basically but i mean it really depends on on on, on the owner structure and the management who's often like how, how committed and how important is digitization for them in fact i was reading just recently a study from bitcom the german association that I think 30% of manufacturing companies say they don't have, they don't have time for digitization. <laughs> I mean, what, I don't know what that means because I mean, this you need to digitize, you need to make time. And and I mean, if you talk with these companies, it's really difficult because they don't really see the priority yet. And there's others who see the priority, and it's always a change process. I mean, this also technology is one part of the equation, but you also need management who's on board who communicates contents constantly why they're doing it why it's important it's not about automating and uh, and and basically eliminating the workforce it's helping the people it's also sure of course in some sense automation but it's necessary to be competitive and 
So it very much depends more more on the management structure and, and, and the ownership structure. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. The thing that always amazes me, Max, is that um, we, we talk about digitalization as if it's uh, a one-stop shop, as if you're either digitized or you're not, but it's it's an ever-going process. It's ever-evolving. There's more layers to that as well. So I guess that the interesting thing is, I mean, I take from what you said, how can only 30% of companies say they don't have time for digitalization? It seems crazy to, to not be that far um, or, or be that far behind the curve. But then the usual transformation, right? There's an every yeah. industry, every, every, every other industry, uh, there were people who just adopt technology later. And, <laughs> and many of the companies who just adopted later, they don't survive. And those who adopted earlier, they take the risk, but they benefit from it. It's it's completely normal. The manufacturing industry in this is in this sense not 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 at all different than any other industry, I would say. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, so where do you see things going from your landscape then? So, obviously, you're involved with a lot of discrete sectors. How is manufacturing changing over the last kind of five years? Going, you know, five ten years into the future, what what big changes can we look to see, or or what do you see from your vantage point? So I think the, the most important factor for factories is flexibility or will become flexibility in the future. Yeah. Because I think, so efficiency is something which the previous technology stack has solved, in my opinion, because it's automation yeah. in the end, right? It's like, how can you produce very efficiently a certain product in a large quantity? I think this is a very solved problem, but the problem which is not solved to combine efficiency with flexibility. And it's becoming a lot more important by external factors like globalization, like supply chains, or like also deglobalization in some point that companies need to become more flexible. Yeah, customers um, expect that you react faster to changes. Yeah. Um, the ability to pr bring products faster to the pro to the market becomes more important. The way you interact with your customer um, will become important. So these factors, um, in the end, it's, it's flexibility is one of the most important things and, and speed and and how you can change your processes. I guess COVID showed us one thing is that's the flexibility from the workforce perspective, how we can diversify the shop floor. Does everybody need to be working on site? Can these replicated processes be automated? Can people be removed at all from the process? So I think the flexibility yep. definitely is, is a huge point. But in terms of um, staff turnover, and in, in, I guess I'm looking at it from a recruitment perspective, do you see many changes from personnel on the shop floor and how processes and softwares can, can alter that phase of the manufacturing? I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I think the profile is changing in factories as well. I mean, mm. there's probably less people working on a shop floor because there will be more automation. This, this, is, just, this is just a fact, I think. Also, yeah. I mean, in fact, factories have a hard time finding people who want to and are qualified to work on a shop floor. So I think this this is, I mean, everybody's talking always about people getting getting fired, but it's, it's more about <laughs> factories not being able to fill the, the roles at the moment on the shop floor. This is more the reality of day-to-day -day factories. And then the other thing is, of course, you need more people, I think, who, who are familiar in, in, in using digital tools and in configuring digital tools. You need probably every factory will have a few people who, yeah, program things. Yeah, maybe they use no code or no code platforms, but in some sense, like it's an inevitable that you have companies or like factories on board new people and more people to the IT department. Not everybody can afford the IT department that BMW has, of course, but yes, I think you still, even if you're a small factory, and in fact, our most successful customers, they have even given their size a few people. You don't have like to have a hundred people in IT, but you have to have a few people who are able to basically changes and and and, and basically transport basically migrate your knowledge of processes from the analog world in the digital world 
Um, so in the yeah. sense, I think Aquila need to need to change also who are they, who they hire. Yeah. You make a really good point in terms in companies don't have an IT department like a BMW, for example. And the bit that always amazes me talking to new people, new customers, new companies bringing tech to the market is, is how the companies and manufacturers and facilities stay ahead of the curve, understand the new technology coming to market, how do they even kind of get the use cases to, to get the buy-in from the senior stakeholders, but then how do they even, these cutting edge technologies, IoT or industrial IoT platforms, for example, with new tools and applications. How do you even find the right staff to, to, to know how to use them correctly and how to implement the project successfully and to get the uh, return on the investment? It's a really yeah. interesting one, how we stay at the cutting edge, but really it's a sure. shortage as well. It's a, it's a real conundrum. So, I mean, there's two things. Definitely, it's it's very challenging, for sure, especially because there's so many new technologies. I mean, I'm just another technology vendor yeah. who's proclaiming <laughs> that I have the solution for everything, and many others do as well. I mean, it's it's very difficult to 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 understand what's true and what's not true. And I think there's 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 two two things be regarding this. So, the first one, I think many people are approaching digitalization from a purely technical perspective or technology perspective, which is wrong, in my opinion, because also industry 4.0 and digitization is just like a, a set of new tools and new technologies who are now helping to or help to solve a specific problem. And I think you have to think about the problem you want to solve first. And do, how do you, is there like an operational problem? Do you have downtime problems? Do you have quality problems? Do, do you have unpredictable setup times? Do you have, I don't know, like you don't know when to maintain your machines. Do you have uh, difficulties in, in, in training new people? Like these are sort of operational people. Every factory knows they, they should yeah. be able to, to, to understand that. And then how you solve that is the second point. And it doesn't necessarily need to be always technology, but software definitely can help with many of these problems. And I think then you should look and the way you solve it is you, you should look at platforms. I think platforms is a very, very important thing for factories in the future because traditionally many IT departments in the factory themselves, what they did is they started to build their own technology stack, their yes. own databases, metrics programs, these, these sort of things. This doesn't really make sense. This is like sort of almost like rebuilding AWS and, and Microsoft because and these cloud platforms have shown you that if you use a platform as a service and these things that, that make it easier to for your life to program systems, then you are much faster. And the same thing um, should be the approach. I think if you adopting a software, or trying looking for a software solution, you should always look for platforms who can who can help make your life easier. Then you should should look for partners. And I think not every factory that's completely unrealistic that every factory will have enough developers by themselves to program yeah. everything themselves. They should look at platforms, which make the life easier, and they should look for partners, integrators, who help them adopt the new technology. You make a really good point earlier, Max, you were saying about uh, not looking or, or kind of understanding the problems first, obviously, before looking at a technology to solve it. But it, it, it seems like at the moment, and, and maybe because I'm, I'm more heavily involved now, that there's such a plethora of choices out there in softwares. There's such a an appetite to keep up with what competitors are doing. It's almost like an arms race. Who can become or who can uh, transform their process as quick as possible? Who can use the latest yeah. tool? Who can partner with the latest tech vendor? It really does seem a bit of an arms race at the moment to, to maximize the digitalization. Are you finding companies lately are, are more adoptive or, or more or have a better attitude to change? Or are you finding there's still a lot of resistance and Companies like yourself have now got to prove themselves more before companies buy in. 
I think the awareness increased in the market for sure. And also COVID like helped to, to increase the awareness. Yeah. And I think that people are realizing that they must digitize, but it hasn't really re materialized itself yet in a huge <laughs> wave, I think. It's now coming because, I mean, people were so busy coping with the with the crisis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, yeah. everybody, I think all the digitization process, like, I mean, introducing Zoom and Teams, I think not not what we are, what I'm talking about, but yeah. people who even did digitization over the last 12 months didn't really do it because of COVID, at least not most of the companies I know, they did it despite of it because they just see the necessity. But I think now people are like swimming out of their, like their hole a little bit because the crisis yeah. is, is, there's a, like a, a light and, and at the end of the tunnel. And I think now we will see more and more companies like, uh, uh, yeah, adopting te digital technologies on the shop floor, yeah. And, and how, how would you showcase or how, how do the team at Astics and yourself and how do you showcase your capabilities and, and what you can do? Because I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. But how do you get your use cases in front of customers? How do you find new clients? And how are you really kind of taking to, to market your, your specialism? So we have our approach to the market is via partners. So okay. in the end, what we are very good at is building a software platform. And we are using a new approach where we have a fully decentralized edge computing architecture, for example, which is very new in terms of like the technologies that we adopt and we make it very easy to build reliable solutions. But then there's many, many different industries that you can apply our um, platform with. Basically, sure. all the discrete manufacturing industry can be can can profit from our platform, even the process industry. But discrete is more like obvious in terms of the use cases. And there we are having partners, solution partners, who build dedicated solutions for our clients who are experts in the industry who oh, know okay. about glass manufacturing, about metal processing, about contract filling or packaging industry. So we have these partners who basically know these processes because the processes are very different. This is like one of the difficulties, right? You have a heterogeneous yeah. uh, landscape of different processes, even within one industry, which makes it very hard to standardize the product. Um, and, and manufacturing companies have their basic competitive edge in the way they produce a product, right? And so we have these partners who are basically building the solutions. And I mean, we showcase it by things that have been built on our platform, uh, digital sure. assembly solution, autonomous transport vehicle solutions, uh, connecting production lines and automating flexibly automating robots and, and, and machines and these sort of things, and showing use cases and then understanding the problem. Again, it's more about in the discussion with the manufacturing company, okay, what kind of problems are you trying to solve? And then we, we and our partners find, try to find the right solution for our clients. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really interesting route to market and, and obviously one that makes a lot of sense. So I, I was speaking with somebody recently who was saying about the user forums and, and, and actually inviting customers into into talk about how they're using the software, what issues they face. You know, that's the obvious problem, but also trying to figure out new new issues that they might have or, or new gaps in the system or new gaps where you could potentially solve a problem. Is that something you guys do or something that you kind of consider doing or or how do you get feedback on on, on kind of what you're doing? I mean, we we and our partners are very close with our customers. I mean, we, we, we know yeah. if our customers are happy or not and we work very hard to make our customers happy and we help our partners very much as much as we can that the solutions that are being built on our platform make sense and, and create value. And you, I mean, you need to talk with the, the customers in the end. You need to ask them to understand, is it really creating the value? We're trying to direct the discussion a lot about the value, like what kind of value do you expect from this, the solution? And then you need to, to ask them again, are you seeing the value? Why not? What can we change? What, how do we need to improve? And these sort of things. I mean, 
there's no magic, I think, behind it. You need just um, <laughs> you need to talk with, communication. The, with your customers. Yeah, it's yeah, communication, there's, yeah. There's no silver bullet, I guess. But but what's the future yeah. then for, for, for Astix? What's the future for you? Where do you see your, your career going and, and development of the company? So, I mean, our ambition is to become the dominant software platform for digitizing software processes. And this is what we are trying to build up at the moment. So we have a great foundation, I think. We have very happy customers. Uh, we have great partners who can build uh, amazing solutions on the platform. And, and basically now it's about scaling the business up. Yeah, we need to get the word out that people know about Actix. I mean, we're still comparatively unknown, I would say, in the industry. <laughs> yeah. But we, we need to need to build basically great, great use cases, make them available publicly, that people know about us, and then, then we will want to grow. We want to basically boost and accelerate and become the platform in Europe, but also expand in other markets, of course, USA yeah. and Asia and these sort of markets. Well, well Germany is a booming tech market at the moment. I know from a lot of my recruitment activities in and around Berlin, it's a, it's a great hub of, of technical resources and stuff. So, so surely sure. you'll be able to find the, the, the right staff to help scale. Yeah, I mean, finding the good people is always a challenge. I mean, for every company, <laughs> not only for manufacturing companies, also yeah. for us. I mean, I think... We have an interesting technology approach. We have a great engineering team who helps to attract new talent. But I mean, it's always challenging to find good people. I mean, it's the heart of the company, right? And the company is yeah. the, the sum of the people who work there and um, finding good people is not, uh, not easy. <laughs> That's why there are people like you, right, Daniel? You yeah. Get, get good stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that that's that's another topic that that is always an interesting one is is how you differentiate your company from others as you scale because every company believes they're the best. Every company believes they've got an exciting narrative and and they're a rocket ship and they're going to really transform the space. But it's really kind of getting the buy-in from the people who are joining the business to replicate the success you've had. So it's a massive topic and uh, one that that I hope we can discuss in in a later date, Max. But uh, I guess. You mentioned something interesting I wanted to just kind of circle back to, and you mentioned obviously looking to scale the business, and I, and, I, and I, you mentioned the use cases. I think what I would find really interesting, and, and my audience too, is maybe at a later date to, to have you back on the podcast and we talk through a specific use case, and, and maybe you can share your, your story on, on the success of, of how whichever company implemented the software and, and, and they utilized it. Yeah, I would love to do that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, good, good stuff. Well, look, Max, it's been uh, great, great talking with you and and getting your insight into space, and uh, hopefully get the name Mastics out there a little bit more amongst my audience and and start yeah. to build some, some some more knowledge of the business. But uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Max. Speak to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Manufacturing IT Podcast. Don't forget, hit like and subscribe and add your comments below. The podcast is brought to you by Manufacturing IT Recruitment. Get in touch with Daniel Langley if you're looking for a new role or if you'd like to add talent to your team.